What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Father-Son Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Justin. And today, just us two. Just us two. No guests today. Uh, we had a guest on the last episode, Richard King, from the UK. Yep, our first UK guest. We have Peter Howard. He's from the UK. We live in Kentucky now. Yep. So, second, but like first one living in the UK at the time of the recording. And I know we talked about DJ Moore. We had Zach Ertz talk. And I had some opinions changed since then, you know. And opinions changed from our first episode we did about Todd Gurley. I think, you know, Todd Gurley is still the focal point of this offseason and what to do with him, but I'm not taking him in any drafts, I think. I think it's kind of at the point where, like, are you taking Todd Gurley? Say he falls to the end of the second round. So you have third pick, you take Zeke, and then it comes around and Todd Gurley's there. Are you taking Todd Gurley in the second round if he's in the back end of the second round? That's probably good value right there. Um, you're not really sure what they're going to do with him, but you definitely he's definitely not going to be the workhorse anymore. Um, so I don't know if I'm taking him there or not. I'm going to probably, right now, I don't think I'm going to take Gurley in any drafts, but things could change. He, he would be good value at the end of the second round. Yeah, I'm not taking him in the second Especially round. Especially if they use him more than what people think. Yeah, I mean, even if he gets 15, 18 touches, like I said, he'll be efficient, but I'm not taking him. I don't want to go near that knee. And... I'm not drafting him in any leagues this year. I know I said that in the episode. I'd probably take him if he fell to the second round. Yep. I'm not changing well, my opinion. Opinions always yeah, are yeah. always going to change. So it's it's early. Yeah. No, as I, training camp we as training camp opens up and we find out more and more about the players too, you know, our, our opinions are going to change probably a little bit. Yeah. So if you guys are new, it's Father's Son Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Father's Day today. We recorded it last year on Father's Day too. I think so. Happy Father's Day. Yes. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yeah. Uh, dads are important and. People even say being a dad is very, very fun. I wouldn't know. But you would know. What, what do you got to say about being a dad? You like being a dad? I do like being a dad. It has its ups and downs, as we know. But overall, I like being a dad. Your dad. My dad. Yeah, okay. That's, That's right. Special. Damn. Thank you. And today we got a jam-packed episode for you today. So we're not going to get, and I'm not going to take any longer. We're just going to get right into it. So if you guys are new, please subscribe to the podcast. My Twitter is at JustinFSFF. And then the podcast Twitter is at FatherSonFF. So let's get into this podcast episode. Let's do it. All right. Before we talk about anything today, Scott Fishbowl 9 is around the corner. I'm happy to announce that the podcast did get into Scott yes, Fishbowl we did. 9. We are one of 1,200 teams. We are in the analyst podcast writers section. And... I can't wait to take down anyone. Stompy, he's going down. I'm not even worried about Stompy. Especially wear, in his leotard. Yeah, he can wear his leotard all he wants. And people are making videos. We got to make a video soon. Like, it's, I'm going to post on Twitter, talking crap to Stompy and all the other opponents. Sure. So we got to do that soon. I'll figure out when. Been really yep. busy with work. Our work schedules aren't really lining up right now. Well, you're, you, you're busy now. You got a new job, so you're, you're a little busier than normal, which is good because now you're making money and it's less that I have to give you. Okay, wow. But anyway, Scott Fishbowl 9. Video game characters is the divisions. Last year was TV show characters. I requested for us to get into the Sly Cooper division. You have no idea what that is, but it's my favorite game growing up that me and my best friend used to always play, and it's a PlayStation classic. Jesse Reeves is coming on the show in a couple weeks. He's trying to get into the Samus division. We're going to find out where we get into eventually. There's a lot of Mario divisions really popular. I don't want to get into that one. You know, I'm trying to do something like Sly Cooper. I requested Sly Cooper. Hopefully we get into the Sly Cooper division, but I don't know if we will. But that's my goal. We're just excited to be in. Yeah, I'm excited to be in. The scoring kind of came out. We don't know what we're going to do. We're excited to see who's going to be in our division. We're going to have six analysts in each division and six fans. Yep. So we can get paired with one of the fancy footballers. We never know. Right. You know. Yep. 
but it's good to meet new fun. people and, and it's all for good, good cause time. so we gotta make a donation to fantasycares.net and that's the main basis of scott fishbowl if you don't know what it is it's like scott fish runs it scott fishbowl this is the ninth year running it it's all for fantasy cares he donates lots of you know charitable donations and toys and gifts to kids in need and it brings awareness to the community and it also unites the community together you get to meet new people you never probably thought you'd meet and it's a good way for the community just to get together and a 1200 team fantasy like draft that's crazy it's, that's it's awesome it's all for charity which is fantastic yeah so we're really excited about being that and the draft starts next month in july so uh yeah we're gonna be preparing for it ready to go and uh today's episode dad we mentioned Tiger earlier earlier in the start of the show just saying that how opinions change and injuries suck i don't like the injuries do. at all last year you saw aj green get injured um i didn't like that at all but like aj green this year i think he's a great value an amazing, amazing, amazing value. I think he has potential to finish top 12. People are off on him. I don't know why you'd be off on him, but people are. So what do you got to say about A.J. Green? I mean, so the question <clears throat> the question is, is he, is he a value? My question is, is he healthy? Can he stay healthy? So right now he's the, the 11th wide receiver off the he's board. He's going mid-third round. Right, middle he, of the third round. That's crazy. Absolutely he's a value. Why are, why are people stop believing that Green – uh, could be still could be a second tier fantasy receiver. So whenever he has played in all sixteen games, he has finished among the top ten fantasy receivers. Okay, yes, he has two injuries in the last three seasons, so you can you can put a value on that too. But let's say your pre rate is two thousand and eight numbers, two thousand eighteen numbers, right? So if he plays all season, probably going to get about fourteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns. That would probably place him just behind Julio and Michael Thomas. So don't stop drafting him. As, as anything other than a wide receiver one until he stops performing like one. Well, like one. So we're going to expect that he's going to play 16 games this year. Absolutely, he's a value where he's going. Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver 13 right now. If you go zero RB. 13, so he's dropping because I, when I did the research, he was 11th. Yeah, he's 13. I'm behind Amari Cooper now. Yeah. And I'd like zero RB, as you know. You could start a draft potentially having Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, A.J. Green. That's crazy. He was on. He was the wide receiver seven uh, in points per game overall through eight games he played last year, and the offense changed. They have Zach Taylor as a head coach. I'm not playing a coach narrative, but you can expect the offense just to be better overall. And in the games he played, he was ninth in hog rate, which is targets per snap, fifth in red zone target share, 32.6 percent, second in end zone target share in the whole league with 52 percent end zone target share. I don't know how often the Bengals are going to get in the red zone or end zone, but like. He gets targeted when they're there. He's third in contested catch rate, 66.7%. Seventh in dominator rating, which is percentage of team receiving yards and team receiving touchdowns. He's also had 2.68 yards per pass route, which is 12th in the league. 11th in fancy points per pass route, which means he's pretty efficient. And then the, the funny thing about all this is he is 56th ranked in target accuracy. Mm. What did the Bengals do in the draft? First round, they took... Uh, Jonah Williams out of Alabama, offensive tackle. So improved offensive line should give Dalton more time to throw. And we like seeing quarterbacks have more time to throw, obviously. You know, if you're getting pressured, it doesn't really help. And he finished as a top 24 wide receiver in the seven of nine games played. In the ninth game, he got injured, so in 2018. And Dalton's QBR was 89.6, 26th in the league. That's, that's not good at all, Correct. right? Andy Dalton's yeah. not, you know, not no. the greatest. But when thrown to A.J. Green, he averaged 105.8 QBR. And, again, the quantedge.com were sponsored by. You can see how routes and how they do against like certain routes. 
So he got targeted on the slant route 12 times. He had nine catches for 129 pass rating. Crossing route, 11 targets, eight catches, 145.1 QBR. He faced zone the most, that was 36% of the time, 115 QBR. What you're seeing here is you're seeing a dude dominate on all routes with not the best quarterback play, and the O-line is better this year. Absolutely. That, that just adds up to me seeing wide receiver 13 is a great value, and I'm taking A.J. Green in the third round all day. Depending on how my team makeup's going and where it's happening, if he falls past the 306, I'm taking him over. I mean, Stephon Diggs or A.J. Green would be a really tough decision for me. Look, you know you're taking Stephon Diggs there. You're not taking A.J. Green for your man. You're taking here's your man the right po- there. Here's the possibility. I'm really high on Adam Thielen this year. We're going to get into that in another episode. But if I have Adam Thielen in the late second, I'll take A.J. Green over Stephon Diggs in that case. Wow. Yeah. So Over your guy? I've, yeah, because I'm not going to have Thielen and Diggs on the same team. I've got to be cool, but I'm not going to have to wait for them both to have a good game, you know? It's just, the it's biggest question for me is I love A.J. Green where he's going. The question is, is he healthy? He's fine. I'll tell you he's fine. I'm telling you. I know him very well. He texted me yesterday. Oh, so really? He's fine. Now he's yeah. texting you. Now you got people <laughs> texting you. That's great. He, he texted me telling me he's fine. All right. Now, <laughs> another guy. Here's a guy. I don't know who the announcer it is, but here's a guy. Yeah, running back for the Colts. Marlon Mack. So I hated Marlon Mack last year. Not a fan of Marlon Mack last year. This year, he's going right the same spot as A.J. Green. Mid-third round, 16th running back off the board. He's going behind Devonta Freeman. I'd take him over Devonta Freeman. Marlon Mack, I'm really high on this year. I don't know how you feel about him, but let me just tell you. He finished top 24 46.2% of the time. That's not bad at all. 10th in red zone touches with 39. That's 3.2 per game. You're going to see the Colts get in the red zone a lot because the Colts are a good offensive team. 14th in breakaway runs. That's 15 plus yards or more. So you got that. 18th in evaded tackles. 15th in yards created. 9th in goal line carries. And all of this happened like in the time span like when the Colts gave him the ball. So the Colts give him the ball. He does pretty well. Go to line. Go to offense. Team was 8th in points per game. And then weeks 11 to 15, Mac was 8th in carries in the league with 80. And then every single time you saw 19 carries, he posted a minimum of 119 rushing yards and a touchdown. So it averages about 4.76 yards per carry. I don't really care about that stat, but people who want to know that, there you go. And that's with volume. So you give this guy volume, he's not going to get worse with yards per carry. He's going to stay above the four. And then the Colts O-line also allowed the fewest amount of sacks and was fourth in adjusted line yards created. So that offensive line is really, really good. I mentioned how offensive line matters for running backs and quarterbacks. Good offensive line, good offense. You're tethered to Andrew Luck, and the Colts like you, and you did really well in the playoffs. I think they're going to keep riding around Mac. They didn't draft another running back. No, they didn't. That's the biggest thing, I think, also. They didn't get any more competition. For this year, for your redraft, I, can, I have Marlon Mack as a top 12 running back. Sure, no problem. I can see that. Top 12? All right. What do you got to say about Marlon Mack? You know, Reich said Mack is their main guy, okay? Uh, Mack seems to have made a full recovery from his hip injury. So by around the third round, if you're looking for an RB2 for your fantasy team, Marlon Mack is your guy if you're looking for a running back. So far, staying healthy has been a concern, but in Indy's offense, he has a chance to be a top five upside. He plays behind probably the best offensive line in football, in my like opinion. Like I said, fourth in yards yeah, created, yeah, so yeah, that's crazy. Their offensive line is fantastic. They also have one of the better QBs in the league that could take pressure off of him. So if he can stay healthy, he will be worth more than a third-round pick. So I think that's tremendous value you getting him in the third round. Now, it, here's another. We always say it if they can stay healthy. So yeah, you can't, right now he yeah. seems to be recovered 100%. And he's ready to go. So Yeah. 
I'm on Mallard Mac this year. The thing that sucks and that it's, I'm looking at right now and just realizing, I can't have both Marlon Mack and A.J. Green unless somehow no. they both fall to the end of the third round and I have a late pick. That's probably not going to happen. Sucks because I like both of them. So I'm going to try to have a share of each of them in our big redraft leagues. We'll see which one I go first. And we also do super flex leagues for our redraft. So mm-hmm. the possibility of getting both of them is increased because of that because quarterbacks are going to go. So if I can get both those guys on my team, I'm really, really happy. Now, speaking of super flex, quarterbacks matter and quarterbacks should matter. Andrew Luck, what, what a guy. Yes. I remember last year we had James Cole on the show. Yep. We'll try to get him on again. I mentioned Andrew Luck has top four QB potential. And he was like, whoa, 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 we don't know how his shoulder is. Mm. And I said, I believed. What Andrew Luck, what, what did he do last year? His shoulder's fine. He was Mr. Consistency. Yes, he was. In 2018. Just go. Now, that's not bad for a QB who played in a brand new offense, especially since Luck was coming off a year absence with a throwing shoulder injury. We all know about yeah, that. Snowboarding. Right. He posted top 12 numbers in 75 75- 75% of his starts finished with top five numbers in just 6.3% of the time behind guys like Brady, Cousins, Prescott, and even Carr. So he may offer more upside in 2019, but I, I just don't think I would overpay for him. Yeah. I, um, I don't know what you think about that. But, I mean, last year he was a Mr. Consistency. He's still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But I don't think I would be reaching for him. He's going as the second quarterback, 410 behind Patrick Mahomes. I have him ranked as my second quarterback. Really? Not behind Patrick Mahomes, behind Deshaun Watson. Mm. But we'll get into that next episode about Deshaun Watson and Texans offense. Andrew Luck, I love, though. I'm not going to take him in redraft leagues in one quarterback league. Super flex, I'm going to be tempted to. I don't mind taking a quarterback early there. Uh, Not too early, depending on where he's going. If Andrew Luck falls past the top two quarterbacks, I'm probably taking him. But 639 pass attempts last year. That was only behind Big Ben. Second in touchdowns and second in air yards. He was third in red zone attempts with 100. Ninth in air yards per attempt, which is, you know, he's getting the ball down the field. Sixth in red zone completion rate. That's what you want to see. You want to have completed passes in the red zone. Eighth in deep ball completion rate. Tenth in deep ball attempts. So he had a high completion rate deep ball and threw a good amount of them. He was seventh in pressured completion percentage. So when he was under pressure, he still completed a really, like, you know, a lot of passes. And then here's, here's the crazy thing. He was third in drop passes. All right, third in the league. He had receivers just dropping passes left and right, 37 drop passes. This year they add Devin Funches, which should help in the red zone. They draft Paris Campbell, and Jack Doyle's back. What, what's going to get worse here? I, I don't know. I, I, I think he'd be the number one quarterback. Easily high potential there. I'm just taking the Sean Watson over him just because I like that rushing upside. But Andrew Luck, if you want to take a quarterback early, I wouldn't reach for him. But if you were to fall past round four into round five, that's a great value for Andrew Luck. I think the drafters are getting more savvy. He could be really good this year. Could be. He's, he's already good last year, and now yep. he's got better weapons. Right. And like you said, first year in a new offense. This is his second Correct. year. It yep. always gets better. So yep. I don't see anything. There's no downside to Andrew Luck, in my opinion. Nope, there's not. Offensive line's great. Good running back. I mean, the only problem you may be thinking is like, oh, their game script is not going to be that great, so they're going to be running the ball. So you're not going to throw as much. But he was really efficient on the throws he had. It's Andrew Luck. He's going to throw the ball. Yeah. <clears throat> He is going to throw the ball. Hmm. Now, the team I, this, this next guy we're going to talk about, boy, do I hate him. Oh, he, he boned us in our dynasty. Right, boned us, he said. Okay, by well, a half a point. We lost to Bart by .5 because this dude decided to break his wrist. Not his <laughs> fault, but like, and he's still recovering. It's not, it's not his fault. Injuries like, happen. Like, what the heck? We needed one more catch. One more catch is all we needed for PPR League. I mean, we would have won the championship, but instead we lose because Philip Lindsay on Monday night decides to get a helmet to the wrist and next thing you know he doesn't he's not in the game. I thought he was coming back. Didn't didn't happen. So Philip Lindsay, 
what are you doing with Philip Lindsay this year in drafts, Dad? I'll tell you where he's going when you start talking. Go ahead. I'll well, they say he's expected to be back in full health. All right, he's going as 22nd running back. training 22nd running back, 406. Yeah. All right, so you go ahead. You listen, go. He, he had an impressive rookie season, right? We all know about that. We, we got him on the waiver wire last year, and he done fantastic for us. So it's pretty rare to see a running back who finished top 12 in his rookie season fall down the draft boards the next year, especially when the team didn't even add another running back. So he's going to share touches with Freeman, but Lindsey has proven to be much more of a threat in the passing game than Freeman. So there is some built-in risk. I don't think it's enough to knock him out of a solid RB2 territory. I mean, they didn't draft a, a running back. He's still going to be Philip Lindsay. New offense. You scared about uh, Royce Freeman taking carries away? We'll get into um, Royce Freeman in a second. Yeah. Okay. This year, maybe. So you like Philip Lindsay this year, you're saying? I still do, yeah. All right, so Philip Lindsay or David Montgomery, running back out of Chicago rookie. Who you taking? <sighs> Mm, that's uh, he's going to be the leader in Chicago, so I'm probably going to take Montgomery. Philip Lindsay or Derrick Henry? I'm going to take Derrick Henry. Philip Lindsay, carry on Johnson. Oh, I love carry on Johnson. Too. Oh, geez. Um, quickly, this is rapid fire. Don't think carry on Johnson. Philip Lindsay or Aaron Jones? Lindsay. Okay, so these are all guys going ahead of him. Let's go back. Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram. Lindsay. I'll take Mark Ingram. Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle. Lindsey. Philip Lindsey, Kenyon Drake? Drake. I'm going Drake, too. I, I've also changed my views on Drake. I like Drake a little more. Philip Lindsey or Chris Carson? One more after this. Lindsey. Philip Lindsey, James White. James White's been dropping in drafts still. So he told you people got to hit their sexy. James White. All right. I, here's what I'm going to do with Philip Lindsey. I'm not talking. I'm not, I'm not even touching him with a 10-foot pole this year. I'm staying <laughs> away from him in every single redraft league. I don't like how he's going in the fourth round. A guy who you have Royce Freeman coming back and new offensive system, and you also, this guy you got in the waiver wire last year. Yeah. Uh, that scares me a little bit. I guess you can't really base it off last year. He's also undrafted, but he did great last year. I, I don't care. I'm not touching him with 10-foot pole. I, in my first four rounds and first five rounds, I want to draft players that I know are going to perform for me. I don't want any doubts in my first four players, first five players even. Absolutely. I have a doubt with Philip Lindsay. Not a, not a uh, problem. Yeah, not, I mean, I I'd probably take him over Royce Freeman. I'm not high on either of them. I don't like the offense, so I'm probably just avoiding both in drafts. And he was the first ever undrafted offensive rookie to make it to the Pro Bowl his first year. Yep. And he averaged – here's his cool style of Philip Lindsay. I'll give him the credit last year. It was amazing. We had him until he got injured. Just do me, come on, bro. Right. But he averaged more yards before contact per attempt than anyone at 3.05. And then people, right, are going to be like, okay, but yards before contact, that has a lot to do with the offensive line. You know, you're going to say that, right? All right. Same offensive line, Royce Freeman had 0.8 yards before contact. Philip Lindsay had 3.05. Same offensive line. That, he's good. He's a good player. He's talented. I'm just not touching him in drafts. Royce Freeman, I'm not touching him in drafts <laughs> this year. Um, Royce Freeman is going a lot later. He, um, I'm trying to find his pleasure now. He's going 39th running back in the 809. So actually, I probably will take he's Royce there. Freeman. He's going as really cheap. late. Um, they tried to make Lindsay last year the workhorse. You saw that happen. And what happened? He got hurt. Just small guy, and I mean, I don't like to say that. Lindsey's five foot seven and one hundred eighty-five pounds, probably up to one hundred ninety now, and that's not. You'd want to see your work coach running back around 220, 230 pounds. Yep. Royce Freeman, six two thirty. That's all I can see the size, and, and yeah, um, they used an early third-round pick on him, so he has the draft capital. He'll get some work, and depending on Lindsey's health, he could become a feature back. We don't right. know how Lindsey's going to be. So right. once he gets hurt again, he is going to be the feature back in the eighth right. round. We're talking about upside. He's going behind Ronald Jones. I'd rather have Royce Freeman than Ronald Jones. That's going to be tough. I like, I'm starting to like Ryan Jones a little more because of the I, cheap equity Ryan cost. Jones right there. Yeah, it's close. Royce Freeman has an 87th percentile speed score 
an 85th percentile agility score, and he produced at college in Oregon. So I like Royce Freeman this year, especially at the value. I'm probably going to try to avoid him, but what do you guys say about Royce Freeman? You know, I love the guy coming out of college, right? You knew that last year. Oh, I was, my, my I was high on love Royce Freeman. I was high on Freeman last year, and when, when Lindsey started running the ball and, and out of the backfield catching passes, thing changed, things changed, and Lindsey took over that role. But, I mean, in the eighth round, I think he's a value this year. So um, there are people who have written off Freeman as just a backup, but others are expecting his talent to shine in this new offense and earn a bigger role under a new coaching staff. The issue, like I said before, is Lindsey's not going away. He's a better, cast, better pass catcher than Freeman. Even if, even if it's a timeshare, I think Freeman will have a role in this offense. He can deliver low-end flex numbers with RB2 upside if something were to happen to Lindsey. But I think he's only going to really shine if something were going to happen to Lindsey because I still think Lindsey's the, the guy there. Yeah, I'm not taking Lindsey in draft. I'll take Royce Freeman, like I said, but that's a fair point. I'm just disagreeing with you because I just don't know how this new offensive coordinator is going to do stuff. Now, I don't like Lindsey, but someone I, I – oh, oh boy. I loved him last year. He was on our sleeper breakout yep. show. I said it, this guy's name. Tyler Lockett. Mm. Ooh, Tyler Lockett. Especially with Doug Baldwin gone. Tyler, mm. Tyler Lockett. Oh, my. I mean, I'm going to have you go first, but – well, oh. well, with, like I just said, with Doug Baldwin gone, it will surely open up some of the targets for Lockett. And the best part is that they will come where he's most effective, and that's from the slot. He's going to be back where he belongs, right? Lockett, Lockett posted his third best numbers in the league over the last two years behind only Tyreek Hill and A.J. Green when Baldwin was out, which was most of 2018. So Lockett played in the slot 60% of the time. His efficiency he was in slot 49.7% last year, but 60% okay. year, yeah, after Doug oh, Baldwin oh, got injured 60 Sure. So his efficiency might have a hard time being so high, but I think his increased snaps in a slot will make up for it. Yeah. So I, I like Lockett this year, so especially with Baldwin. He's going as 22nd wide receiver at the board, 504. I I love that. I I just love that. And then in uh, – let me check. In FFPC drafts, which is high stake leagues, I'm going to find out where he's going in a second. But I'm just going to say, last year, team was last in pass plays. You know, the Seattle ran the ball yeah. a lot. Yep. I think them drafting DK Metcalf, you know, maybe will change it. I know Schottenheimer is still going to want to run the ball, but maybe they're not last in run plays. I mean, pass plays, maybe, right. they, you know, they go a little bit up. But I, you had to think DK Metcalf will make him pass more. And where is he going? He's going, so Tyra Lockett is... Uh, I mean, okay. he's going to be on the field so much. He's going 73rd overall in FFPC drafts, wow. and that equates to, let me see, 73rd overall. And then according to FF Calculator, he's going 52nd. So wow. put it in the middle. He's going outside the top 60. Sure. I'm taking him every time. I'm taking him over Cooper Cup. I'm taking him. Him or Kenny Galladay would be tough for me. I'm, I'm taking Chris Godwin over him. I'm taking Calvin Ridley. I'll probably flip a coin. But I, I love Love Tower Lockett. He was number one in yards per target with 13.6. He was fourth in the league in catch rate with 80.3%. His true catch rate, which is like disregarding those bad targets, bad bad passes to him, was 96.6%. That's second in the league. He was number one in production premium. He was 14th in dominator rating, which is percentage of receiving yards, teams receiving yards, and teams receiving touchdowns. And here's here's the crazy, crazy thing. He had a perfect, a perfect 158.3 QBR when targeted. 
perfect. Wow. 158 points every single time. You can't get better than that. <laughs> he, he was su- you can't get better than that. Super efficient. He was number one in fantasy points per target. That's crazy. Sixth in fantasy points per pass route. I'm just going to go off and tell Locker. I got more. Boy, you love this guy. Twelfth in target separation, 1.7. That means he's got a route runner. And like I said, slot 50% last year. You think Doug Bowen gone moving to the slot? Yep, I believe so. And he faced zone 40% of the time. Guess what his QBR was when he targeted in zone? Let's have it. Perfect. <laughs> Another one. Imperfect against man, but who he faced 28% of the time. Now there's 120 targets gone. Yes, Metcalf, sure, gets some, whatever. And then he got 50% more targets with Baldwin out of the lineup. That's per road of his. Baldwin had a 26% red zone target share, 13 targets, and a 33% end zone target share, which is 12 targets, which were ranking 17th in red zone target share and 16th in end zone target share in the league, right? Guess what happened to Doug Baldwin? He's gone. He's not there anymore. So Lockett only had six targets in the red zone. Expect that to go up now. You saw him have seven end zone targets, which was 66th in the league. Expect that to go up now. Baldwin now helps Lockett, and people are like, oh, you know, he's very efficient, which he was. But I think that the increased volume he's going to see this year is going to negate that efficiency. Like, yeah, you can't keep up the perfect QBR, obviously. But he hasn't dropped the pass in, I think, like two or three years, which is insane. You, insane. He's got hands. That's insane. Yeah. And I'm just like, the efficiency will go down, but the volume will go up. And people's like, counterpoint to Tyrell Lockett is, oh, he was way too efficient. He can't maintain that. It doesn't matter. He's going to get more targets and more opportunities. He goes more fantasy points, especially if he's that efficient. If he can not maintain that efficiency, but get a little worse and still stay good, it's going to be insane. And obviously, the 120 targets aren't going to go to Tyrell Lockett. You got David Moore there. You got DK Metcalf. They're going to get some. But him going as the wide receiver 23 right now, it's crazy. I take him in top 15. I mean, it's going to be tough for me to take him over Tower Lock. I mean, uh, Chris Godwin, but uh, depending on the draft. I'm taking Godwin all day right there. I'm probably taking Godwin over Lockett too. But I'll take him over Ridley. I'll take him over Cup. Galladay or him and flip a coin, and then we'll, we'll see where the draft lies. Right. But I really, really love Tower Lock this year. And I think in the fifth round, it's an automatic button press for me. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Now, a guy who used to be on Seattle in the slot was Golden Tate. He's on your Giants now. Keyword, your yeah. your Giants now. You know, uh, what do you got to say about Golden Tate and the Giants with another slot receiver, Sterling Shepard? You know, he, he's, a, he's a talented wide receiver. He was really good in Detroit, right? So here's the thing with Golden Tate. It's tough to go to a new team and produce the way fantasy owners expect him, especially from a talented wide receiver. As we saw Tate do in Philly, right? Now he goes to his third team in just a few months. Uh, but in New York... They lack the big-name receivers with OBJ gone, so he should see plenty of targets. Now, the other th- concern with me there is the quarterback problem. So now word is Daniel Jones and Eli will be battling it out in camp for the starting QB. So here you thought Daniel Jones was going to be maybe a year away from starting, and now he's got a shot to be the starter this year. So, I mean, they did sign him to a four-year deal for $37.5 million. Yeah, they're paying more money than they would be to keep Odell. <laughs> right, so, I mean... I don't know. The the quarterback situation there is tough. Uh, Golden Tate was very talented, but it, it's just hard to go to his third team in a few months. To So I don't, I don't know if you're taking him or you're staying away. We got to see what happens with the quarterback spot there. I don't even care. Um, Golden Tate, he'd probably get his. He lined up in a slot 74% of the time. Face zone 24% of the time has 74 QBR. But in 2017, he faced zone 37.5% of the time, had 116 QBR. So he did worse last year. And 2017 did better, but in 2017, he was first in the league, first in yards after the catch with 636. 
Last year, he was 11th in the league with 412. He gets his yards out there to catch every year. So he's going to probably be in the slot over Sterling Shepard. And I don't know if I'm taking Golden Tate in drafts. I'll have to see if he drops far enough. He's currently going in what round? He's going in the ninth round. So that's not bad. He's going behind DK Metcalf. I'd take him over DK Metcalf. Sterling Shepard's going literally the same pick as him, 901. So what are you doing with Sterling Shepard? He lined up in the slot last year 57% of the time. Yeah, but Tate's taking over. Tate's now. taking uh, over yeah. the slot. You can't put Tate on the outside. I, I see Sterling Shepard no. probably going to the outside. Well, here's the thing with Shepard. I'd rather have Shepard than Golden Tate, and here's why. With OBJ off to Cleveland, things should be exciting for Shepard, right? So Shepard has owned the slot for a few seasons, but now Tate's going to take that over, like I said, and, and Shepard's going to play on the outside. When he's played on the outside before, he's seen 62 targets over the last two seasons, but hasn't scored a touchdown. So yeah, there's a concern All his there, touchdowns come from right? the slot. I think if you're drafting him, it's due to his increase in volume because his efficiency might take a hit. Yeah. We're going to have – But then again, you got the QB problem there, so – yeah, I don't like, I mean, Star Shepard, yeah. Somebody's got to catch the ball in New York. 132 vacated targets. Some are going to go to Shepard. Obviously, some, a lot are going to go to Tate. Ingram's going to grab more. That We're not talking about Ingram today, but that's the right. biggest bad factor, and right. I don't think it's close. I right. think Evan Ingram's top five tight end this year, and you'd be silly not to think that. Uh, he's the guy who's going to step up. Not Sterling Shepard will get his. I just don't think he, like, if there's a possibility that Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate can be a top 24 wide receiver, just based on volume and efficiency, I well, guess. Well, volume's going to be there with OBJ but, gone. Yeah, but 132 targets, you give right. probably like 80, at least 80 of those to Golden Tate. Probably 100. So you have 32 targets left over to split between Shepard and Ingram. I don't, I don't know. Barkley's going to get his too. I just, I, this team is going to be bad. So they're going to be throwing a lot. And I, I don't know. Sterling Shepard, I don't mind taking it the ninth round. Like I, it'd be okay taking both because one of them's got to be doing good, you know. Yeah, one of them. So one, I don't have a problem with taking both. End of the eighth round, early ninth round. Go ahead, get both these guys. They both have upside. And Sterling Shepard, you saw him do well with Odell Beckham out of the lineup. And against press coverage, which he faced twelve percent of the time, he got one hundred and thirty-five point eight QBR. So he's pretty effective against that. And against man, twenty-seven percent of the time, one hundred and eight QBR. And against zone, seventy-five QBR. Not that good against zone, but he faced that the most. So he has got to get better against zone. And like you said, no touchdowns on the outside. I want to see that. I need to see touchdowns on the outside. And uh, for big... a guy who sees, who's seen a lot of targets that have no touchdowns is huge. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get better at that. But right. then again, touchdowns are really unpredictable. Right. So we'll see what Sterling Shepard can do. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'll buy into both at that price, especially. Um, Geronimo Allison's going ahead of him. I'd rather have Geronimo Allison. Christian Kirk and Dante Pettis are also the two receivers going ahead of him. I'd rather have those guys, too. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Kirk this year. Oh, I'm also high on Kirk, as you heard in the Stompy show we had. So, I, I'm i not going to reach for Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate, but if they fall, I'll probably maybe take one. It's not going to be pretty, though, because it's, right. it's Eli Manning or you're Daniel. Taking a, you're taking a chance. Yeah. So, a guy you can take a chance on, too, is Cam Newton. Not a big fan. Never have been. You hear uh, that, Tom? You hear that, Tom? Not a good fan of Cam Newton. All right. So, I'm going to play that clip right now. Cause you go ahead and play it. it, it I do. I, I love, love Cam, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, I love number one. I don't like Cam Newton number one, but I like him top four. No way. I'm high it's on Cam Newton this year. We're having a disagreement here. It's not going to happen. Why? Why? Let me hear. Let me tell my point first. I'll go first. Go ahead. Too. Okay. Like I said, as Tom said last year, loves Cam Newton. I love Cam Newton. He was going as the QB 12 when I looked at it. Now that he's been resuming throwing, which is huge. To see a shoulder injury, resume throwing. Yep. He's going as the QB 12 still. Wow. I, I love that value. He started to throw the ball in May. Yeah, which is good. It's yep, a good sign sure. for a guy recovering from shoulder injury, and you don't have to like him. But, but per- don't forget, we've also heard s- similar things about Luck. 
a few years ago. Yeah. Then he started very, throwing, and look what happened to him. That's so. true, but we got videos in camp of Cam Newton yep. throwing, where like, we just heard reports. We have videos of Cam Newton throwing. And per Graham Barfield, NFL Network, NFL dot, you know, dot com network, Cam Newton has been the, top, the QB8 or better in fantasy points per game in seven of eight seasons, including five top five finishes. Over the past three seasons, he has the most QB rush attempts within the 10-yard line with 33. Dak is second with 30, so him and Dak run a lot inside the 10-yard line. And in the third place is Tyrod Taylor with 22. Big jump. And sure. you rushing quarterbacks, I like rushing quarterbacks. You know, six, you know, I'll take a touchdowns. Through his first 11 games last season, Cam Newton's 16-game pace would have made him the second-highest-scoring QB in fantasy football behind Patrick Mahomes. And then I'll let you talk now, and I'll finish up my points later. But I love Cam Newton at the price. I'm probably taking him. I'll tell you right now. In the Superflex leagues, I'm taking him. Stand I love, away. I don't love like Cam Newton. Don't like the way he conducts himself. Love the only thing I like, I like that. The only thing I like about him is when he gives the balls to the kids in the stands. It's the only thing. Okay. So, he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's it got doesn't matter. Look, Curtis I, Samuel going in. I think year. I think he comes with plenty of risk. Okay, McCaffrey played extremely well around the goal line, which takes away the thing Newton was good as as a fantasy QB was his rushing totals. Right. So so until Newton can turn into a more polished passer, his days as a top five QB are over. All right. Last season, over. He was fifth in true completion percentage was seventy four point eight. Can't throw the ball downfield. Hey, eighth no. in fantasy points per game. He's great Russian, but not a big Cam Newton fan. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll take him over Matt Ryan. You're out of your mind. <laughs> You're out of your mind. Oh. I love the Atlanta offense this year. You go ahead and take him over Matt Ryan. See how you make out. He hasn't thrown the ball deep, though. Yeah, he's Doesn't not a good deep ball. He's not a, he's not he, a, he he's not a threat year. passing the ball. He's what you think. I, he's I a think threat he's on the fun. ground. He was still 14. McCaffrey takes year. all that from him. He only played 14 games last year. He was 14th in the league in passing touchdowns. I'm staying away. Nah, he has DJ Moore going into year two. He has Curtis Samuel improving. He has Chris Hogan, who's in there now, who don't even talk about Chris Hogan with me. I hate that guy. But Torrey Smith. You loved him last year. Yeah, I know I did. If I remember like, right. Yeah, yeah, I did. And he then loved, Torrey, he loved him. Torrey he did Smith. Torrey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Torrey, that's, that's my worst take I've ever had. Torrey Smith. He's there, who can, you know, Torrey Smith will do his Torrey Smith things, get that 70-yard touchdown, you know? Yep. And then CMC being CMC, you have Greg Olson and Ian Thomas. The weapons are there. And, you know, his supporting cast, it helps. It's not a bad supporting cast. And him going as the QB12, I just think it's an amazing value. And with the rush attempts, I'll take it all day. I, I love it. He gets to fifth in rush touchdowns last year with four. And, you know, that to just boost your floor every week having those rush attempts. He's you take hard. you take him, I'll take Matt Ryan all day. Okay, well, Matt Ryan's going ahead of all him. All day. Matt Ryan's going ahead of him. I would, I love Matt Ryan, too. Matt Ryan's going as a sixth QB in the sixth round. Cam Newton's going in the ninth round. It's a little discount. I'm not In one quarterback league, I'm just going to wait no Which matter what. Which is where he belongs in the ninth round. Yeah, I'll take him. That's a great 12th quarterback overall. Would you rather have Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers? Philip Rivers all day. Dude, I want to put table bets. All day. Put table bets? We doing it's table too bets? early for table bets, but let's, we, we'll let's, get back we're going to redo that one <laughs> next month. I love Cam Newton. Cam Newton, not number one. Cam Newton, number four or five. I, I think he's just there. I don't know. He, he gets points per game. that floor every week with the rushing upside. And now you got DJ Moore going into year two. Curtis Samuel shown he's a good receiver. The routes according to Matt Harmon's reception perception. And I just don't see why you, you hate this guy. You're hurting my feelings. I didn't feelings. say I hate him. I just, I'm not a big fan. Big fan of Cam Newton over here. Big, big fan. I love Cam Newton. I love Tyler Lockett. And yeah, it's going to do it for today's show, Dad.
That was a good one. Well, yeah, it was a good one. So if you guys made it this far and you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. All five-star reviews will be read on the podcast. We're going to start doing the uh, Listener League entries soon. And I think what we're going to have to do is I'm going to have people. You have to write a five-star review on iTunes. You have to screenshot that. And then you have to DM it to Twitter. At FatherSonFF. Our DMs are open. So screenshot that. DM it to the podcast. You'll get put inside a raffle. I got to enter your names in there. And we're going to probably do it that way. And then that's what we're going to do for right now. So if you guys sure. want to get your early entries in, screenshot yourself giving a five-star review to the podcast. And Re- then, reviews are big for us. We like and, to see yeah, reviews on five it. Five-star review. And then DM it to at FatherSonFF. And then you'll get put inside the uh, drawing. So Tell us if you like what we're doing or if, yeah. if you think we stink. Just let us know. Let us know either way. We like reviews. Yeah, five-star let us stink. I don't care. No, we don't want a one-star review, bro. <laughs> no, but don't, right. don't, don't say that. <laughs> my pop, my uh, Twitter is at JustinFSFF. And once again, you can go over to QuantEdge.com where I found that Tower Lockett had perfect QBR on every single, like, what the heck? This, this dude is just amazing. So, I mean, that is, information was found at the QuantEdge.com. Use code FSFF to save today. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.